Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bean Dad. The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome back to It Could Happen Here, the podcast where Jair Bolsonaro was once again in the hospital getting all of the feces sucked out of his intestines. Yeah, Yeah. just yet last night. They put him back in. He's back in the hospital. Jair Bolsonaro, the most consistently dying man in the world. You know what? The sickest man in history. Just actually literally full of shit again. You know what this means? You You know what this means? It approximately. Three to four weeks, Steven Crowder is going to get some horrible illness and be sent to the God hospital willing. as well. God this willing. This is cycle. This is the only, like, this is the cycle I, of time. Uh, my, ho- my hope for both of them is that they find out that each has an obscure disease that can only be cured by piping shit from the other into them. And so they just hook them up <laughs> via a tube and they're just sucking poop out of each of them and putting it into the other person. That would be very funny. Hot. All right. Uh, what's our first question? Uh, our first question. So this was specifically addressed to Chris. So Chris, you can answer first, but I think this is a question for, for everyone, really. What is your favorite piece of history that you haven't been able to talk about yet on the show that isn't deserving of a whole episode? Ooh, favorite piece of history? I mean, we ain't talked about the Zapatistas yet because... I don't I, I don't yet feel comfortable uh, uh, with with my level of knowledge there, but it's definitely history that's extremely relevant to the kind of shit we talk about on the show. Have I, have I talked about the, 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 the water and gas wars in Bolivia on the show? No, 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 I don't think we've so. talked about that at all either. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, that that probably is deserving of its own episode. But like, absolutely, yeah, a bunch of people just literally like blocking every road in an entire country and starving out the ruling class because they can't like import food into the city because they've blocked every single road. Extremely cool, I guess. In terms of like really short, not deserving of its own episode. 
I I don't uh, know either because I've I've been able to elongate all my fun yeah. periods into episodes. Yeah, I don't know that <laughs> yeah. there's anything we wouldn't cover. There's certainly things we haven't covered yet for a variety of reasons. Often just like I don't feel the, like we've had the time to do it. There's a lot right. of work. There's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, it's yeah, like why yeah. why haven't why haven't we done a Mao episode? Like, do you know how much oh, shit that motherfucker I, got I, up to in his life? I have like, been I have been like mentally like psychologically preparing myself to start yeah. working on Mao. Like, yeah. this is a. Uh, that's that actually that dude, wait no that i have it's, 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 the, it's the mango cults it, yeah. it's definitely the mango cults did you did you, did you know about this no the, the, the mango cults yeah okay so so mao got like i forget who it was i i want to say it was the prime minister of pakistan so, some some like dignitary like gave him a this is this is like this is the beginning of the cultural revolution somebody gives him a mango and oh, he no. like hands this mango off to like a red you guard give a group. mao a mango and like they like like it, this this turns into like a cult like people like they 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 take this mango they like preserve it it's it's like they, they have like they have like a shrine to the mango and like like Jesus there's this Christ. this okay. whole cult apparatus like builds up around just people getting mangoes as like tokens of Mao's favor is this this like it's this massive thing it's, this 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 like spreads like wildfire it's like like people people are doing this in like the far western reaches of China where like like in in in, in places where like there are like like one of the things cultural like there there are places in China where like civil wars break out. And it takes people like a week to like send representatives like across China to go like talk to the central committee to argue their case. And like even in those places, they have mango cults. And it is it is wild. The Cultural Revolution is a is a it is a time. It is. Well, I know what I'm getting everyone for Christmas this year. Um, mangoes. I love mangoes. I, they're my favorite fruit. Like they're just, yeah, we'll they're see just if, the best we'll, fruit. We'll see if the species survives this next summer. <laughs> oh, oh we will. Yeah. They'll just things be will, growing things in will just Siberia. Be horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah they'll just be growing in Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> um, mangoes sprouting from the corpses of fucking antelope. That is beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of anything. Next question. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of history, I like this one. If you could fight anyone in history, wait for it, and lose, who would you fight and why? <laughs> who would I fight and lose in and history? lose? Like to. you'd still get like a few um, good hits in or something, but you'd lose. David Bowie, because it would be hot. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, other other people could answer. I guess. Never mind. No, I think that's a good no, answer. No, that's the perfect answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would happily be hit by David Bowie. So sure, why not? There, it, uh, that, yeah, and that, and I I know that David Bowie really loved to hit teenagers. I would be totally hitting fine with in the this. other sense, Garrison. No, I would be fine with anything. Mm-hmm. I don't care when it comes to Bowie. Wow, that's problematic. <laughs> I love that. For sure, you. I Thanks. I problematic. Uh huh. We got a few questions about the ethics of leaving the United States as things get worse. Oh, okay. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, and this is something that I know we've you've talked got about. That, you've got that get out of America see, free card, <laughs> and I see. That's the thing is that like <laughs> I already Canadians. I already have my Canadian passport, so that is something mm-hmm. that I can do at any time, and that's something that I probably will do at some point because one, I can see myself in my thirties and forties living in Canada will be a lot easier, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways in terms of like how much money it'll cost for me to live and pay certain things. Like, living in Canada at a certain point will just make a lot more sense for me. So, yeah, I probably will move up. Um, And I also know that getting past Canadian Border Patrol, not that hard. In terms of other people wanting to go legally or illegally, it's, it is actually pretty easy to, to get up there. Um, if you want to do it legally, that's definitely a lot, a lot more work, but also not impossible. Um, Yeah, I think, I mean, like, it's important to know that like moving to somewhere else is not escaping the effects because the effects are nope. going to reach everywhere, yeah. but it can have a lot of advantages. Um, Especially so, if you've got like kids. Yeah. So I, I say moving up is, or moving away from the States is a decent thing for a lot of people. I don't feel the need to stay and fight for something that I don't really care about much in the first place anyway. Um, so sure, do what makes you happy in the time that you have alive. I feel like that's a that's as as ethical as you need to get. 
Yeah, I don't think anyone has a responsibility to like stay and uh, fight to the death uh, in in a, a collapsing country. Um, as as a general rule, I'm very uh, sympathetic towards refugees, and that's kind of what you would be if you're talking about fleeing the United States because you're it's in the process of falling apart and things are you suspect a lot to, about to get a lot more violent, especially if you have again like a family, kids. Um, I I had options to do that that I've I've chosen at, at this point not to um not to pursue um but uh I get why people would and as a general rule like I spent I spent once when I was um in a uh, in Bosnia and Serbia talking to survivors of the the genocide there in the 90s um I took a train ride um from uh Sarajevo to like a little town near Srebrenica and uh, during the train ride, I wound up like hanging out with this dude who had been born and raised in Yugoslavia and had been living in Canada since the Civil War. And he like very <laughs> through in his kind of broken English explained like, yeah, when the war broke out, all of my friends, all of these other young guys I knew were like, well, you know, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. And I said, no, 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 no. And I went <laughs> to Canada and this is the first yeah. time I've been back. And that was the smart thing to do. Um, so I'm I'm not. I mean, if you can get the if you can get out and find a place that's safer, as Garrison said, like there's there's nothing I think that inherently behooves you to spend your uh, limited time on this planet uh, struggling, and especially if you've got a family, like doing what you can to put them in a safer position is great. That said, none of it's a permanent or even necessarily a long term solution. Like the idea of moving to Canada has a lot of appeal, but like if you think that Canada is going to keep being what would a lot of Americans see it as as the United States collapses into like fascism? Well, I don't know how realistic a proposition that really is. And it's yeah. the same for a lot of places. Like all of these problems are global problems and moving geographically, unless you're wealthy enough to move to like some fortified compound protected by contractors in a place that is actually insulated from climate change to a significant extent, um, is not the does not bring the degree of security you might expect. Um, I do think there is, I do think it is generally speaking a noble and positive thing uh, to, to, to stay and try to make things better where you are. But um, you know, I think everybody, I think everyone, I think every like single person, whether they admit it or not would leave at a certain point if they possibly could. Um, and I don't think anyone is, uh, I don't think anyone owes it to the world to like, uh, die in a place that uh, they hate just because um, that's where they were born. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? 
why did the internet choose them, and what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Uh, Okay. What tool besides bolt cutters should we all own in a collapse situation? First of all, bolt cutters, that should not be your first picture for a tool. No, no. It should be an angle grinder with a diamond blade. No, even like water filtration. That's gotten me out of a number of tight spots. Water filtration systems, fire starters. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. If not, even if not water filtration, you can get tablets or honestly, like you can have a little hand pump filter and water purification tablets along with a little, you know, there's a number of things that are that should be in a go bag, a way to get some amount of of already clean water and a way to get more clean water, enough food to at least deal with three to five days, um, some rope, um, a good knife. A multi-tool is even better in most situations. If you have, if you don't mind the weight, a, a belt knife and a multi-tool would be great, or a multi-tool and a little hand axe, which, depending on where you live, might be more useful in splitting wood. A good fire starter, um, some amount of rubbing alcohol, which is always yep, a yep. handy thing to have on hand. Um, either maps or you know batteries for an electronic device that might be able to act as a map. Um, yeah, that, that's all useful stuff. Um, I do, I, I do keep in the boot of my car generally an angle grinder. Um, I have come into, especially living out in the middle of nowhere, a couple of situations, like sometimes somebody has a health emergency and there is a fence in the way. Um, and it's, it, it has been something that is, and and is, I think going to be easier for bolt cutters are good at what they do. They also require a lot of forearm and upper body strength that yeah. is not going to be as much of an option for people. So angle grinder, not a bad thing to have in any sort of like, it's especially if you're like, if you're, if you're planning a kit, like I want to keep shit in my car because the wildfires are coming, right? Um, well, you're probably going to want a battery powered saw um, because depending on the capable, even if you have a very capable off-roading vehicle, everyone I know who does serious overlanding is like, well, you keep a fucking chainsaw in there because sometimes you need to cut wood out of the way and you're just not going to get your car over it. Um, so it really depends on what you're doing and like what the, what the, 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 the kind of potential threats you're worried about are. Um, but yeah, I think the basics are way to get water, some amount of food, ability to start a fire, something like a, 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 a space blanket is useful. If you live in a place where it actually gets cold, you should have a space blanket and a wool blanket or a couple of wool blankets. Yeah, a couple um, of wool blankets. Because yeah. those will retain heat much better. Wool keeps like 80% of its insulating capacity even when wet, and like layering wool and um, uh, survival blankets um, can be a really effective way to keep yourself from dying in in, in bad weather situations. Um 
That said, uh, depending on where you are, there may be no realistic way to protect yourself in the like if you are in certain parts of the Midwest at certain parts of the winter, it, it may not matter so much like what blankets you have at access yeah. to yeah, if you get if stranded you're, if you're stranded yeah. in the wilderness and there's no like structures around you then yeah if it's negative so, 30 yeah there's only so much yeah, you can do pretty um, there's only so much yeah i you might i, be able I to do love collecting uh lock bypass tools it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things is just to have these and practice using them um mm-hmm. something i got for when i went to the uh, earth first gathering that worked out pretty well was a foldable solar panel that connects to USB that's hmm. enough to keep my phone alive always. Mm-hmm. So in terms of always wanting a map, this little foldable thing is enough to keep my phone able to have a map, assuming I have cell service. So mm-hmm. I was skeptical of how much this thing could work, um, and it, 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 it did a decent enough job. It, yeah. it, it, it even kept, like, it even kept like my iPad Pro um, uh, powered as well. So it, it, yeah, had, it, had, it had a decent amount of... Uh, square footage once you unroll it so that was very useful but yeah i mean i i i, I really like lock bypass stuff um it's one of one of one of my other hobbies so there's you know a variety of tools in that type that it's a nice mm-hmm. to get like a decent collection of also like especially now but probably in general like have masks like just in general i mean just in general like sure just yeah. have have masks have lots of them make sure you can change them mm-hmm. Yeah, have a gas mask if that's at all physically like respond like fiscally possible for you. Mira is the one I think Garrison and I would both recommend to the to to ninety nine point. If you want like a very good gas mask, a really good yeah, gas Mira mask is is, is if, wonderful. Again, all of these kits. There's the kit of like, okay, what is the what is what's necessary, and then there's like, all right, if you have money or if you have time that you want to learn extra skills, what are other things like lock picks? If you're just a random Joe and you've never like, don't throw lock picks in your kit if you've never done any lock pick shit. They're not going to help you. Um, but if that that is a skill that is worth picking up and that will make you like more resilient. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and a fourteen point nine millimeter anti material rifle. Um, you're always going to need one of those. They're at they they stay supersonic at up to three and a half miles, um, which is really useful. So definitely, definitely, and they're only you probably aren't going to spend more than twenty five thousand dollars getting one set up. So it's it's really for the price of a of a fairly new Toyota Prius, you could have. Um, an anti-material rifle that can pierce armored vehicles at, at several miles distance. And really, what is more pragmatic a, a, a survival tool than that? Ammo sure. for it? <laughs> it's only like $30 around. <laughs> That's just a moderately expensive meal per bullet, Christopher. Uh, do you think that corporations like Walmart or Amazon could become more militaristic as yes. militaristic. Yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, I think I think absolutely. <laughs> the trend that worries me is Amazon's increasing um collaborations with and deeper connections with like the FBI and other kind of law enforcement agencies. Um the degree to which Target has also like with the FBI and like with other agencies because they're their anti-shrink department and whatnot. They're like their sur- the surveillance they've built to stop theft is so advanced. Yeah, they have um, one of the best crime labs in the whole United States. Yeah, yeah. Um, organizations like Tiger Swan, which is a mercenary group that yeah. the the Dakota Pipeline people, uh, the Dapple folks, like hired to crack down on the Standing Rock protests and have have worked in other. There's other organizations like that that were active during the BLM protests and kind of the. I, I do think we're seeing a, a paramilitarization of a lot of these corporation, uh, a lot of these corporations, in order to protect their what they see as their financial interests, um, and that that is that is proceeding rapidly. And it's not I, the thing that I'm not most I'm not most worried about them like do like having armed forces. Although there will be some degree of that. There's already that's already happened. Like in Portland, in downtown Portland, there are armed, effectively le- like mercenaries guarding certain businesses in certain areas like uh, as a result of like you know to deal with quote unquote the gun crime or whatever property crime that's raised but uh, the thing that i think is most concerning is the degree to which they are professionalizing a paramilitary surveillance apparatus um and amazon has done it to do stuff like crackdown on union organizing and whatnot mm-hmm. like yeah. so yeah i'm very concerned with that 
I'm I I think that the 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 dimension of it that's most frightening is not necessarily like the shadow run you know, co- uh, uh, corporations buying armies, but rather corporations buying like intelligence agencies um, is kind of the the thing that I think will actually be the biggest threat. Because um, in a lot of cases, generally speaking, if I have to deal with an armed security guard or a cop, uh, that security guard is going to be less of a pain in the ass than the cop. Um, not always, but as a general rule, I'm less worried about security guards than cops, even armed ones. I I think another thing that's important to keep in mind is that yeah I mean it's, it's really like I don't I don't I really don't think there's a danger that we're going to go back to like East India Company style like people with mass armies because it's it's literally too expensive like you can't it's it's too expensive and the armies that exist already do that yeah yeah you don't need them <laughs> like, but but I mean I think that the thing the thing that's like scary uh, outside of the intelligence stuff which is terrifying but it's the stuff they do down like. I guess you call it down the supply chain, which is like, you know, like Coca-Cola murdering union organizers with paramilitaries, right? They 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 tend to work through, like, you know, like you know, like corporations will back rebel groups, right? Corporations will back, uh, like you know, in Colombia, you see a lot of this. Of like, you have these sort of like, I, these. I mean, some of them are back, some of them are backed by just directly by landholding holding corporations. Some of them are backed by uh, just individual large landholders. But you get these like. You know, you you, you you get basically these paramilitaries that are sort of the third wave after the army goes in. And that stuff's very scary, and we're probably, we're probably going to see more of that. And yeah, but 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 I, but I think it's it's kind of important that there's there's an extent to which, again, you'll see them having their own mercenaries, but a lot of the time it's there's some kind of thing. When 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 companies really need to kill someone, they tend to outsource that to a like another sort of paramilitary organization that's like not directly in their supply chain. It's like it's not directly under their chain of command. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's a good and fun time that will probably just get worse. Mm-hmm. Speaking of corporate uh, <laughs> fuckery or whatever, you're going to get a Coca Cola ad. <laughs> I hope I hope we do get a Coca Cola ad because nothing soothes my quench like a cherry vanilla Coca Cola. Nothing so. soothes your quench. Did you just uh-huh. say that, Garrison? That's what I said. Those are okay. words that came out of my mouth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time, and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! 
Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. back. Okay, Robert, somebody had a question about uh, an article you wrote back when you worked at Crack about a woman who was hiding from their family. The end oh, of the article, yeah. you mentioned that you haven't heard from her in a couple weeks leading up to publishing, yeah. and uh, they want to know if you've ever heard from her again. So, yeah, that's a bummer. The The pseudonym, I'm, st- I'm not going to use her real name in this, but the pseudonym I used for her in the article was Azime. She was a woman who lived in um, the EU and uh, was under threat of honor killing from her family who were from Pakistan in origin um, because she was an atheist, uh, was not um, a religious hardliner um, and didn't want to be. And for years she had kind of hidden that from her family. Like she'd moved out on her own, but she'd hidden the fact that like she had a boyfriend. She'd hidden the fact that she'd like played dungeon, all of this stuff. Like she played D and D and was like scared that like that was like her dad would literally fucking kill her. And this is a thing that happens. This is a thing that happens in the United States and the EU um, it's a problem with like fundamentalist um, Islam, and that's not the only religion there's honor killings as a result on. But that was um, her specific situation. One of the things she was frightened about is her family would go back to Pakistan regularly, and she was concerned. She wanted to go because it was her only way to see her grandparents, but she was also concerned that if her parents found out when they went back, they would basically imprison her somewhere uh, where she would not be able to get out and get back to her home and she would be forced to you know, be married off or something. So she was working with an organization um, in the country, in the EU, where she lived that helped people extricate themselves. And, and the, kind of one of the last things she told me is that like, well, the thing she was looking at doing because she was so worried about her dad was a, a total break, was like one day with the help of this organization, she would just be gone and in another part of the EU and would have a complete break from her life and would completely stop living as the identity um, she had had her entire life. Um, And I never heard from her again after that, after like three or four different interview sessions. And I still have not. uh, And my hope is that she did the thing she said she was going to do and she just completely burned that email and every other way people had of getting in touch with her. Um, and she's doing great now, but I, I really have no idea. Um, I have absolutely no idea what happened to her. Oh, uh, uh, so we the people want an update on the quest for eel horse. Uh, still no, still no horse. Still have not found an entire horse carcass. Um, but but one day it'll happen. You know, it'll Oof. happen. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be good, Garrison. That gator that I shoved a turkey in, or a duck inside and a turkey next to was pretty good. It was great after I dug it out of the pit as you were wrestling people <laughs> screaming. Well, that's the only way to properly cook it the right amount of time is to get drunk enough that people have to fight you to remove it from the fire, Garrison. <laughs> uh-huh. That's how cooking works. I don't know if you've done much of it in your life. You'll, you'll understand one day. This this is a question that I find interesting because I feel like it really misunderstands not to like insult the person asking it, but that, that, that's, not what, that's not, not what I'm trying to do. Um, Which question? The question is, um, 
what population yeah. can the post-capitalist world sustain and thrive on with our ideas and concepts? Oh. Eight billion, like we currently mm -hmm. have, six billion, two billion, less than a billion. Like, how how many people are you willing to lose to achieve sustainability? Because I I, I forget yeah, the cyberpunk community and yeah. are optimistic with proper technology and eco-sustainability techniques, we can maintain a population close to what we have now. And yeah, I feel like just the framing of this question kind of approaches our current problems and the solutions we have in a weird way because i don't think we're not trying to reach a peak population we're trying to make sure the people that we have have enough stuff to live well and we have that right now we 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 overproduce yeah. everything we make about yeah. one and a half times as much food as we need to to feed everybody yet there are billions and millions of people who go hungry so it's not a so like it's approaching this it's question it's an allocation this, issue yeah, so approaching this question in terms of like how could the post-capitalist world thrive on our ideas and like I, I I we're not trying to like reach a certain population number. We're I, I think uh, uh, going it from that way is kind of a little silly because I feel like it should be the opposite. Is yeah, I I I don't know why we, we I don't think we need to start with population then then go down. I the point is is look what we have. Here's the people. Let's distribute this like a network instead of a top-down kind of system. <sighs> Yeah, I I think that one of the things you have to if you're ta if you're trying to talk about social ecology, one of the things you have to resist um, is is this idea that like the overpopulation is any part of the problem. It it is not. Um, not overconsumption right now. is a problem. Um, yeah. But there's plenty of resources. The problem is again one of allocation. And if you were to actually develop a much more equitable society where people were getting enough, one of the things that we have seen demographically all over the world when um, the level of kind of um, – when the the sort of resources available per capita in a population increases is people uh, have less kids. Um, and, yeah. and like I, I think that – yeah, it's certainly good to say that like in a world that is more equitable – the human population will naturally level off and decrease somewhat. But that the, the the thing that's not the same as saying that, like, we need to decrease the population. We need to increase um, equity um, and, and make sure that people have access to the resources that they need. Um, and also that people who are massively over consuming aren't allowed to do that anymore. You know, yeah, that will solve the problems and scale back all of the resources being yeah. put towards useless growth. And putting yeah. it towards better distribution, thus mm -hmm. actually, I mean, like the questioner used the term like post-capitalist. I don't think we're going to get to a post-capitalist world ever. Like at, at least, at least not when I'm alive. I don't think like a world. No, will there be post-capitalist areas? Probably, but we're never going to get up there. There's never going to be a post-capitalist world. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I um, also think it's entirely possible that we will reach points that people in the time will not necessarily consider post-capitalist because it will be the same states and a lot of the same institutions sure. and organizations that were there yeah. as a kid. But people who were you know, looking at it from a perspective today might consider post-capitalist because that's generally how change happens. You know, you yeah, yeah, think you're about right. like how democracy increased in, in the UK, but they still had like a king. It's like, when did they... They're not they never really reached post monarchy, but it's also not the same system that they were run by in like 1400. You know, it's wildly different and there's much more representation for more people. But it it's that is not, you know, that there's also you also have your your Soviet unions and your your killing of czars and which are over, very. Yeah, which which is fine. Uh, and 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 and, and I, I like killing czars, but. Uh, change happens in a variety of ways, uh, and change can be revolutionary in its effect without being a, a clear break. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like how we're talking about like the capitalist world thriving. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't view eight billion people thriving right now, even with that. Like, a lot of they're a not. Lot of, like, it's not like it's that's not what's happening right now, and we need to change the way di like distribution of resources works drastically and yeah. doing that will make everyone's lives a whole lot better and it will also maybe limit some of the endless growth and those things aren't opposites um and i just i don't know how like we can say those things but the path to getting there is certainly uh a lot more ambiguous yeah, and I, I think that that's I think one of the ways in which the left goes wrong often is kind of looking at things that have been tried before and and didn't 
didn't didn't do the trick and saying like, well, what we need is we need us another Bolshevik revolution. You know, we need, to, we need to bring too, us back that, you know, boogaloo. hammer and sickle. And it's like, well, you know, they they gave it the old college try and they did not win. Um, and you can be angry at that or whatever, or you can be like, OK, it's the same. And hey, it's it's every tendency. I can look at the fucking Machnoists and be like, well, that was based as hell. And you know what? It didn't do the fucking trick. Um, so I think there's a degree of humility that needs to be had in terms of like what actual what actual change that makes a more livable world will look like and the way in which that's one of the reasons I did enjoy Kim Stanley Robinson's Ministry of the Future is a lot of it is about the end of capitalism in a way that is not um it it's it's it it doesn't look like a lot of ends of capitalism have have kind of been posited by um there's a lot of uh, strong arming bankers into like forcing high level economic changes that put ends to like really extractive systems and whatnot. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting. It was kind of a, an imagining of how the transition could begin um, in a way that, that isn't commonly talked about um, at least on the left. And I, I thought it was valuable for that. And I, I think people should be, I think there's, I, I think that um, um, people can be more creative in, in how they envision the way that might look than they, they often are. Yeah, and I feel like this question actually relates to like stuff like dual power really well because our, our goal as individuals is not feeding 8 billion people. Our goal is to get a garden enough so that we can feed most of our friends off of stuff that we grew for like the summer, right? Like that's like, that's what our goal is to, is to build it from that way instead of saying like how... How can we feed New York in a climate sustainable way? That is a very different question than being like, if we want to integrate solar punk and like eco sustainability stuff into our lives now, because if we don't do it, no one really else is really going to. Let's start with the people you actually already have connections with, because a lot of it is is about building like horizontal connections yeah. as opposed to defaulting to this top down system of who has what, who needs what. And this is when we when I we venture when we dare to venture into the subreddit. One of the things I see people like uh, critiquing a lot is like, well, you you know, uh, they keep talking about like all of these little like home gardening and like canning and 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 kind of these community level solutions, but that's not going to deal with like this massive systemic problem. It's like, oh, it's not all about that. There's there's one one of the methods in which you can ensure change is keeping you and yours alive and committed on change and part of that is hyper local solutions um yes. that yeah. also involve increasing your own idea of your autonomy and your own and your own understanding of things like the food cycle which have an impact on what you like vote for and what you support pushing for on like a, a, a societal level the things that you come to better understand in your daily life and and so getting involved in all of these things guerrilla gardening and whatnot um, has an impact on that. Although I do think people underestimate like the largest crop by acreage in the United States by a long shot is fucking lawns and replacing lawns with either zero scaping just to increase carbon capture and reduce water usage or with some sort of food growth, doing a mix of that for the vast majority of like lawn area in the United States actually would be a significant thing on a global level. Re recommend um, everyone the book uh, Food Not Lawns. Yeah, um, uh, there's it's that that would not be a meaningless change. And it is something that people can have an impact on because it is the kind of thing that if were it were to get popular enough, there's a Pokemon point, you know, where it where it becomes a trend. Um, and, and like Pokemon, if it gets popular enough, it will never die. That's what we say about all of our stuff on our show. If it, if it Let's becomes like Pokemon, Pokemon point. Or yes. or the <laughs> NFT point, if that's. But I don't think NFTs. No, oh, I don't yeah. think Pokemon NFTs is so much better than any NFT. Although yeah. the day that this drops, they will probably announce the Pokemon NFT game, which will be the final coffin in the biosphere. All of all of all of my Pokemons are gone. I've been hacked. <laughs> all my apes gone. <laughs> uh, that was my favorite post of the holiday season. Oh, Robert, do you want to give an update on uh, After the Revolution? That was asked a couple times. Yeah, After uh, the Revolution sequel. I'm three chapters in. Um, oh, wow. So it'll be done hopefully some point this year. Garrison, Garrison has a question on that. Are you going to pay someone else to code the ebook? 
no, no, no. no. Uh, we pay you, Garrison. No, why, would I, why would I do that? I don't want to code this. Yeah, evil. well, <laughs> I have to work on the Daily Show now. I cannot code this fucking evil. We all have things to do we don't want to do. Oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> all right. I'm so well, sorry, Garrison. I'm so sorry. We'll have you code some other people's books just to get get the practice done. No, no. Stop. No more coding. I books. will not allow there, it. There are there are there are experts that can do this a lot prettier than I can with my. I think I, Garrison. I consider you an expert now. Oh no! In oh, no. in in EPUB coding, I'll put that mm-hmm. on my resume. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I think that does it for us today, folks. If you want to follow us on social media, so you can watch us promote our own shows again. You can go to Cool Zone Media on Twitter, Instagram, and Happen Here Pod. And wouldn't that be lovely? We get so much more connections through online. That's wow. That really we does do. the heart. I love online. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're doing a Behind the Bastards uh, live stream digital show yes. with uh, Prop on. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound and like This bit I'd is so do. not funny every in single Febu- time. It's in not Febu- a bit. I'm just dreading it. I'm dreading it too, but we're doing it. In February, uh, in, February, in February 17th, right? momenthouse.com. Are tickets still available? They are. Momenthouse.com slash behind the bastards. Can, can I buy them and be. scalpel them to the fans? I yeah, can't Garrison, tell you what get, to do. Get in there. <laughs> False scarcity is, is oh, the key. Gosh. <laughs> well, do that if you have disposable income and want to watch Robert talk. Yeah. More. yeah. Even more than we already do. I guarantee you it'll be worth it. Well, that's the episode. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone has a better 2022. Uh, that would be nice. And I he... hope everyone has an identical 2022 down to the day and until in May you realize that you're actually in like a Groundhog Day style loop. Um, and then you achieve Nirvana, if I'm remembering mm. how the movie Groundhog Day went properly. Mm-hmm. Sure. I Yeah, uh, yeah that, sounds, that sounds great. Have a good year. Make some changes. Uh, make connections with people around you. They're there. You just you just have to find them. Talk to people who look like they have cool politics. You or or start doing cool things. You know, and start, start, should, start doing cool things, yeah. We should address one last thing, which is the question people ask that gets asked a lot, but we probably can't address enough, which is like, there's no one around me doing any of this mutual aid stuff. There's nobody around yeah. me engaging in any of the stuff that I want to get. How do how do I get organized and get involved? Number one, there are people around you doing that kind of shit. It may just be hard to find because of where you are. Um, but if you start doing shit, if you like the, the, the simplest thing I can say is try and figure out where there's a need and start filling it. Um, often you will start meeting other people who are engaged in adjacent projects or even the same thing. Um, and that's a way to get into it. Uh, if you are trying to start, uh, if you actually get so far as to start serving a need in your area in a mutual aid capacity um, and trying to start organizing and whatnot and you're doing shit, feel free to hit us up on email. Reach out. We are happy to signal boost and signpost people who are have actually started doing shit. Um, it's one of those things. Please don't come to us. I think this might be a cool idea. But if you start doing shit um, and you can provide some evidence that you're you're doing something in your community that's not currently being done, that is a, a mutual aid type thing or even even a charitable type thing. If it's if you're doing it, we will try to help signal boost and, and can be very useful in that capacity. So so it, it's not easy necessarily, especially depending on where you live. But like you do, it, it's always possible to find a need and fill it, you know. Yeah, I found that yeah. uh, a uh, definitely was easier before the pandemic. But a way that I've met people that are a little bit more uh, open minded to the same things that I'm open minded to is going to like local comedy shows or things things of that comedy nature. Comedy shows, Those, I'm guessing like farmers markets, farmers yeah. markets, fairs, you know, wherever kind of weird, not not in the normal culture people will go to. You'll probably find someone there with. Radical politics. Like, yeah, that's prop. So, exactly. Like, all all those types of like, like uh, you know, countercultural, subcultural spaces. You'll probably find someone there who's wearing a back patch that is something like smashed yeah. to something. You know, so like, just like you, you have to, you know, you, you you're not gonna find them by staying at your in your house and scrolling on Twitter. 
mean, like, probably not. You have to kind of go into the real world. Um, as scary as the meat space may be. Yeah, and I, I would important. say another thing to keep in mind if you are in kind of a more conservative area, and even if you do identify as an anarchist, you don't have to frame it that way. You can always call yourself a libertarian municipalist, and uh-huh. none of the people who might be offended by anarchist will listen past libertarian, and they'll decide you're fine, and that's a great way to, <laughs> <laughs> to start that. Absolutely. Like, uh, uh, unironically, It means yes. the same thing, more or less. I mean, there's other kinds of anarchists who are, but like, uh, most people who say they're anarchists if you were to call them libertarian municipalists uh would be like all right whatever yeah not me don't call me that but i call <laughs> call chris that constantly uh that's 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 mm-hmm. it we'll be back tomorrow or m- maybe not i don't know Pro- what day probably this... tomorrow probably tomorrow maybe yep that's what i'm saying and it's been said if you, uh, say, maybe. If you say so bye could happen here is a production of cool zone media for more podcasts from cool zone media visit our website coolzonemedia.com or check us out on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts you can find sources for it could happen here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources thanks for listening bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey i do too 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the Ferryman of Souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge the season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.